Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, is coming to the biggest season opener college football has seen in years. As is Colorado Buffaloes face national powerhouse TCU. Big Noon Saturday on Fox starts September 2nd. Well, the newest voice on a Big Noon is Mark Ingram, three-time Pro Bowler, Heisman winner, Bama's first Heisman winner, 12 NFL seasons. You remember him with the Saints and the Ravens in a quick time with the Texans. It's an absolute pleasure. So let's let's start with Dion. We are seeing this in the NBA. A few years ago, I remember when Jason Kidd, may have been a decade ago, got a job right out of playing. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then Steve Nash, and you're seeing it in, in football. Some of these uh, uh, college guys, I, Eddie George is now coaching college football. Mm. So here's Dion. It, it's not a program with a lot of funds or a lot of talent. What should I expect, Mark Ingram, first year from Colorado? I think it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. I mean, he had the most turnover on the roster uh, this season out the transfer portal. But I think that's what you need coming into a new program. They had the worst record in the country last year. And you want to get guys in your program that want to be there. So one of the first things he did when he went in there, he told the team meeting, he was like, listen, you better jump in that portal because I'm bringing my <laughs> luggage. I'm bringing my luggage in this Louie. You know what I mean? So, like, if you don't want to be here, you got to go. I want guys who want to be here, who want to play for Colorado, who want to play for Coach Prime. And I think that's part of the culture shift. You can have Shadur Sanders out there quarterback, a lot of potential, his son, Travis Hunter, wide receiver, cornerback. Oh, so, like, those type of players create a, a culture and create a standard. And so, hopefully, uh, with what Prime is teaching them, what Shadur has to offer to the team, what 
Travis Hunter bring to the table. Hopefully those players follow suit, and uh, I think Coach Prime can get it turned around. It's going to take some time, but, yeah. yeah, I think he can do it. Well, the portal certainly helps. I mean, Brian Kelly, first year now at LSU, you're like, whoa. Right. It even took Nick Saban kind of year two, year three to get it going. So I, I, big noon kickoff, Mark Ingram, from those listening on radio. So let's talk about realignment. I think Colorado actually, there's an argument, fits the Big 12 better. Mm. Utah going now and joining the Big 12 with BYU, that's a good fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's some realignment people don't love. Your takeaway is you you love the sport of college football, but you get the business side of the sport. How do you view realignment? Huskies, Ducks just added to the Midwest Conference of Note Big 10. I think the realignment could be good for fans. Like, I mean, now you got... USC playing Michigan, uh, Penn State playing USC. Like, you got all these big games. You got Texas playing Alabama. So you have all these big games that people want to watch. I do. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, for tradition and history, um, you know, it could be a little whatever. But I think everyone's getting more marquee matchups from the realignment. Now, uh I mean, who doesn't want to go to the Big Ten where the schools are getting 80 to 100 million? So, that, you know what I mean? Who doesn't want to go to SEC where you're getting 70 million per school when they were only getting 30 million in the pack? You know That's what right. I mean? So, as a business, do you get mad at that, making that decision? But at the same time, it just shows you, like, kind of hypocritical because they didn't want players making their own money, you know, from NIL. You know right. what I mean? So, um, you're making all this money at the expense of the athletes. I got to travel all these mileages. You know what I mean? So, First class. Yeah. So. We'll see, man. Uh, I think it's good for the game, but obviously, you know, you put some of the athletes that got to go from the West Coast now to the Midwest. Right. You know, especially like the non-football schools. I mean, the non-football sports. You know what I mean? So, I think it's going to be a challenge, but I think it's good. I think we get a lot more key matchups that everyone will enjoy to watch. Yeah. So, um, Jim Har, I think this is Jim Harbaugh's uh, best team. And I've always felt that there's three or four schools in America. Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, LSU, Mm -hmm. they just get better players. Michigan gets really good players and occasional stars, but I kind of consider the Buckeyes, LSU, Bama, Georgia, it's just different. I would agree. Even Clemson, as good as they are, doesn't get that level. It's more a Michigan class. But I don't know. I start looking at the NFL draft next year. They're like 15 Michigan guys. Mm. Is this Michigan team, do you think they could go toe-to-toe with a Bama or Georgia? If they have any opportunity to do it, it's now. You have J.J. McCarthy coming back. Good. You have Blake Corm, Donovan Edwards, who I think is a super underrated running back. I think in Blake Corm's absence, he was averaging like 160 rush yards per game. He comes out the backfield, has smooth hands. Um, the defense was one of the top 10 defenses the last two years. So you have Harbaugh teaching these guys to play physical, playing smart, and um, you have just – an. Uh, half your starters coming back, over half your starters coming back. I think the time is now for Michigan. Yeah. You know, another thing, when you you were the first Heisman winner in Alabama history, and you were very good the year before. Like, you didn't just, you know. And I and I look at Caleb Williams. He plays quarterback. And like Bama, USC is a big, high-profile program. Mm-hmm. They were talking about you. I knew you were the topic. Yeah. And it was a lot of that because they never won a Heisman, I don't believe. You were the yep, first, right? First. So you were a topic. Like eight weeks of the year, it was like, this is the best Bama player. With Caleb Williams, L.A., quarterback, did it affect you? Did you hear it? Did you have to – what did Nick say to you as it became the, – the program became about Mark Ingram yeah. for about six to eight weeks. What's it like to live in that fishbowl? Well, I, I didn't have even a chance to really enjoy it. I remember leaving the – 
the hall in New York, Coach Saban's like ripping me, like, you know, this is going to be change everything. This is going to be different. Like, you can't, you know, let your approach change. You can't let it change your preparation. <laughs> like, we still got to go to the national championship. Like, you can't let it affect you. It's going to be all these people reaching at you. So he was, like, already on me. Like, as soon as I left the Heisman ceremony, <laughs> like, he's already on me. So um, I didn't really have a chance to get comfortable but because he always was thinking about what was next. Okay, so you won the Heisman. What you going to do now? Now it's time to win a national championship. The Heisman hasn't won a national championship. So, you know, you need to be a Heisman. You need to be a national champion. And now after you win that champion, like, okay, you're coming back next year. What are we going to do next year? Right. Now everyone's going to be shooting for you. So um, I think it's about the people around you keeping you motivated, keeping you humble. It's not about what you've done. It's about what you're going to do. And um, I still had to go back my junior year. I wanted to be great. I wanted to get drafted to the NFL. So you still have so much things to play for, so much things to work for. Uh, you want to bring a championship to your team. So I think Caleb Williams um, has that mindset. He brought his lineman to the Heisman ceremony. Yeah. So that tells you a lot about the type of person he is. Um, giving credit to those big guys. And um, I think he's humble. I think he's gifted. I think he's athletic. He has all the tools to be able to be special and have the opportunity to uh, win win again. Yeah. But um, it's a lot. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to go back out there and win it again. Yeah. You got everyone shooting for you. There's going to be other players that uh, step up and have great seasons for their team. So uh, we'll see. I'm eager to see about how he goes in the second season, but I think he'll handle it just fine. Yeah, a smart kid, good dad. He's yep. focused. All right, let's do some NFL stuff. So you had Sean Payton as a coach. Sean won with Taysom Hill, who's a runner more than a thrower. He won with Drew Brees, who's a thrower more than a runner. He won with smaller Teddy Bridgewater and bigger athletic Jameis Winston. The dude wins with every quarterback. So now it's Russell Wilson, who's a star, who's aging, who likes to throw the deep ball, moves around, sometimes maybe too much for Sean's taste. So give me your sense on, at this camp, what do you think the messaging for Sean is with that offense and Russell Wilson? I think the main thing is they need to get back to what makes Russell well. So Sean has his offense. Sean has what he's going to do, and he's going to implement that to Russell. But he's also going to think he's going to do some things that Russell was really good at when we saw him in Seattle. What's that? you got to be able to run the football. you got to be able to run the football. Play action, yep, Russ is better. Yep, and you, have, you, you play action him, and then he could take a shot downfield. And then what else did he do? Off-schedule plays, um, breaking the tackle, sl slithering out the pocket, finding somebody downfield, extending plays with his legs. So you need to just get back to a simple offense that Russell can thrive in, running the football, Marshawn Lynch. You remember those days? Yes. Yeah. Tough defense, which they have in, in Denver. So I think he's settled for success, but um, it's going to be you got to get Russ comfortable. You got to get Russ going. And um, he's going to implement some of the things that Russ is good with the, the, uh, the play action, the off schedule plays, moving them around. He's going to implement that within the current system that he has been running with Drew Brees, with uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, with Taysom Hill, with, with Jameis. You know, so he can navigate the offense and tailor it to your skill set. And yeah. I think that's what Sean's going to do in this training camp. Yeah, that's what Andy Rizzo has done. He finds your talent, Michael Vick, Mahomes, Alex Smith, and moves into it. So you played with Lamar Jackson. Lamar's interesting. So I didn't know if he was going to work in the NFL. He was so insanely fast in college. I'm like, is the ACC bad or is he the world's <laughs> fastest human? And I just didn't know. He was end of the first round. A lot of people pass on him. Then he comes in. And he's kind of more of a runner than a thrower. But by the second year, I'm like, he can throw. He's mm -hmm, fine. It's mm -hmm. not pretty. But Phillip Rivers wasn't pretty. It was a different throwing. So you're with him, and so they bring in a new offensive coordinator. And I still believe first impressions matter. And our first impression for a lot of people of Lamar is runner. Mm -hmm. And my argument is, 
I think he throws it way better than you people think. First of all, out, outside of and the tight end, receiving core has been, uh, uh. and it's been and it's been run centered. So uh, what do you make now? The word is they bring in Odell Beckham. If he's healthy, he's good. Zay Flowers, uh, the kid they draft. Did you think when you were there, did you trust Lamar as a thrower? I was super surprised because you hear all these. You hear all these stories and rumors that how he can't throw, right? And so I'm coming from New Orleans, eight years with Drew Brees. I've seen him make every throw, uh, you know, and I go to Lamar now, and we're in um, offseason. We're doing OTAs and stuff. I'm seeing him make every throw, the deep outs, the deep ball, crossing routes, cover two turkey hole. I'm, like, seeing him make every throw. <laughs> I'm like, what are these people talking about? This dude can. This dude has talented arm as anybody. Yeah. Now, sometimes, yeah, every quarter. Yeah, sometimes he changes his arm angles. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he can get the ball. He can navigate. But he's a special thrower. And now he's an elite ball carrier. So when he starts running the ball, he's not just a quarterback that can run. He is an elite ball carrier, a Tyreek Hill, a returner, a Debo Samuel. Like yeah. He's a electric, physical, and he can run. But he is also special with his arm. He what's, can throw the ball. What's he like as a guy? What, one of the things I like about him, every time he comes back every offseason, his traps are bigger. So he puts <laughs> in the time. Jalen Hurts does this. And the other thing I like about him, he gets pissed when he struggles. Mm-hmm. Like I, He wants to win. Like, he gets mad yeah. at Lamar. What is he like as a guy? He's one of those guys, man. That's why you can't say nothing bad about Lamar Jackson to nobody in that Baltimore Ravens locker room. They will be at you for that. They will fight you for that because he's one of those guys. They will go to war for him, and they want to fight for him because they want to support him. They want to see him do well because he's a hard worker. He's special. He's talented, and he's just one of the guys, man. He's one of the guys. He kicks it. He hangs out. Like, he's just – he's Lamar. He's humble. He's a hard worker, and you got to respect his story, man. So, Lamar's one of those guys, and you can't go around any Baltimore Ravens player or any player who has played with Lamar Jackson and say anything bad about Lamar. Yeah, they love him. Yeah, because he's that guy. He's that guy. Okay, so the um, Travis ATN played at Clemson, and now he's with Jacksonville, and he had a very interesting quote for a young guy. He had great perspective about two weeks ago. I think I was off or something. I saw it on TV, and he said, man, you got you to gotta diversify. Mm-hmm. He said, if you think you're going to be a downhill runner, those days are over. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's really good perspective. It's not that people are anti-running back, but you got to block. You got to catch. That's why McCaffrey's still getting the bag. Mm-hmm. So you look at it. You could do all that. Are you? How do you view the current running back space and the belief that nobody wants to pay him? Yeah. You do have to diversify your game. You have to be able to do everything. But at the same time, we have a, a player like Austin Eckler who probably had the second amount, of, the second most catches on his team, getting paid less than the number two, number three receiver. So what are we doing? Like what? The production hurts the running back. Running back runs for 2,000 yards. They're like, uh, he's not going to do it again. He's worn down. You A receiver catches for 2,000. They're like, yo, let's pay him. You know, <laughs> somebody gets 20 sacks. They're like, oh, let's pay him. But you, you get 250 carries and 100 catches, 350 touches. They're like, uh, uh, I think he's worn down. I don't know how much longer he can last. So it just sucks. It's, it's unfortunate. Every other position, the franchise tag has went up since 2015. The running back position is the only one down since 2015. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. The running back position is, has been down since 2015 so it sucks what they're doing to the to the running back market but I mean what can we do like you're in the CBA uh the GMs the the owners like they're they're only paying a certain amount to the running back so it sucks man especially when you got um guys like Josh Jacobs who just led the league in Russian or Saquon Barkley now he's only on a one-year deal you know you get hurt 
now they want you for league minimum. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you need to take care of these star players. I mean, Daniel Jones is whatever got ninety million. Like why 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 you can't take care of your guy who's been you know the offense be, been the offense. You don't want to take care of him. You know what I mean? Um, it's just highly unfortunate and. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for my running back brothers all around the league, man, because they got to get the money. You got to have the leverage. You got to be doing everything the right way. You got to go to a system that likes you, a system that likes you, a coach that likes you, and everything has to go right for you in order for you to get paid. So it's just uh, – it sucks. Four, I'm, I'm going to mention four coaches. And just give me a sentence on when – I, when I give you their name, like what's their secret sauce? Like what's their thing? <laughs> so let me give you – let's start with Sean Payton. He's a player's coach. He he kind of has a great temperature for the team and how to either motivate the team, recover the team. He just has a great gauge for the team and how to motivate them. Okay. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 90 seconds, all it takes. Use the code HERD. New customers bet five. That's it. Five bucks and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code HERD only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Nick Saban. Perfectionist. Yeah. And if you're not doing what it takes to be perfect on a daily <laughs> basis, both on the field and off the field, he's going to have a problem with you. Did they ever yell at you? <laughs> yeah, he did. You were one of his best players. Yeah. He yelled at you. Yeah, he yelled. Like, mad because I'm running too hard. Like, I'm like, you, you, yeah, I'm like, you guys are teeing off on us. You don't tell them to chill when they hit us. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You mad at me because I'm running hard? Like, no, but, you know, um, yeah, he'll, he'll get on you, but it's all for the best. He wants you to be the best person uh, in life and the best player on the field. So he's going to push you for that perfection. This will be interesting to me. I don't know him personally, but I know uh, his brother, John Harbaugh. He's tough, tough. You, know, you can tell um, he comes from a coaching family, and uh, 
you know, your coach's personality kind of resonates with your team. And, uh, you know, he's kind of like, was a special teams coach. He tough. tough. You know what I mean? So, Ravens, tough. Defense, tough football. Tough running the game. Tough quarterback. No, Mike Tomlin. The Ravens. Mike Tomlin. Tough dude. Yeah. So, like, are mean, you asking me? Or? No, I'm saying Harbaugh. John Harbaugh reminds me of Tomlin. Yeah, I mean, it's the AFC North, man. The AFC North is different. It's tough. It's physical. It's you knew, real you, true you, football. You knew it when you were there. You could feel. You could sense. You it. could feel it when you don't play in the AFC North because when you play the AFC North, you have to play the like when you play the AFC North, you go to these teams. Two of them come to you, but you have to go to either Pittsburgh or Baltimore, or Cincinnati, or Cleveland. It's just tough, man. It's physical, and they, it's just it's it's real football. It's real football in the AFC North. Isn't that funny. And <laughs> yeah. finally, I don't know about him. He's giant. Dan Campbell. Man, you just got to love that dude. You love that dude, man. You love that dude. He was with me in New Orleans, and, uh, man, when he gets up there, he just commands the room. Like, you respect him because he's done it. You respect him because he respects you, and you know he's going to do whatever it takes to put you in the best position to have success. So, man, you just love that dude. You love Dan Campbell. He's one of them guys you love to be around. You want to go have a beer with him. You want to hang with him, but you want to run through a wall for him, too, because you want him to do well. We want to have success for him. So, you know, I think about this. I was told this years ago by an executive in the NFL. He said, if you're the Saints or Miami, you have to draft more mature players because they're party towns. They're mm. port towns, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Miami Dolphins, New Orleans, those are. Miami's a lot more active than New Orleans is, but. You, so you yeah. can get in trouble in New Orleans. New Orleans, you you have to do a lot to get in trouble in New Orleans. Really? Yeah, they take yeah they take care of the Saints out there, man. Okay, they do. So they they, they take care of the Saints. Even out if there. you did something a little sideways, nobody's saying anything. They gonna try to take care of you. If you did something crazy sideways, like it's nothing they could do. But like if you just had too many beers, yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Miami. Now you didn't play there, but yeah. you live around yeah. there. Yeah, South Florida's a different monster, man. South Florida's so a different monster. So you know monster. guys that play there. Yeah, I mean, Toronto Armstead is one of my are, good friends. He's what? down there. They're starting left tackle. What do they say? Um, I mean, <laughs> if you want to in Miami, there's something to do every night of the week. If you want to go out Monday, you can. If you want to go out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's some function going on every night of the week. So you have to be able to have self-control. You have to be able to be disciplined, and you have to be able to know there's a time and a place for everything because it's available to you, whatever you want. <laughs> it is. It, that's a great way to put it. It's available to you. Yep. What a pleasure. Mark Ingram, Fox Sports College football analyst. Welcome to the family. Hey, I'm a pleasure to be a part of the family. Shout out to Big New Kickoff. Make sure y'all tune in. Check us out every Saturday. Ah, that's great. Yes, sir. Ready to go. You crushed. Thank you. I appreciate you. Mark Ingram. Uh, Ryan with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Speaking of South Florida, we've seen a lot of top five and top ten lists this offseason and into training camp. Tyreek Hill is the latest to make a list, naming his top five wide receivers of all time. He made one big omission on his list, and here's what he had to say. A lot of people get mad at me because I don't put Jerry Rice in my category. I love Jerry Rice. He played a long time in the NFL. You know, He's like the alpha of our position, but... I feel like, man. He wasn't playing in that sweet spot when you were coming through, right? right? He wasn't playing in the sweet spot where I was able to watch. See, I was able to be my rookie year, watch Prime AB go out there and go for like 200. I think Calvin Johnson in my lifetime is the most underrated receiver. Was was Calvin in his list? I'm, I'm a huge Calvin Johnson fan. Uh, I don't know if Calvin made his list. Randy Moss, I think I heard, made his list. Yeah. I did an event once with Calvin Johnson, maybe the nicest guy I've ever met that was a pro athlete. 
and gigantic. I don't know how a corner covered Cam. He was like Cam Newton size. I have no idea how five, nine corners covered Cal. Okay, so here it is. Antonio Brown. Well, Antonio's numbers early were amazing. Torrey Holt's great. Calvin Johnson, Randy Mostarello. I don't, you know, I think Jerry Rice is is the best I've ever seen, but that's a pretty good group. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the Antonio Brown thing is going to be so fascinating to look back on his whole career because, yeah, there was a stretch that Tyreek was alluding to where unquestionably he was the best receiver in the league or the second best receiver for like a five-year stretch. The way everything came unraveled at the end was it, seriously going to make people question yeah, well, I mean, his it, credentials. It, it, un- it unravels for a lot of receivers late in their career because it is the basketball position of the league. You break the huddle first. It's kind of mano a mano. It's you against the DB. You don't need a left tackle blocking. I mean, it's it's largely you are an independent contractor breaking the huddle, going to the sideline, making. And by the way, it's the only position when you're you're covered, throw the ball up. So like, there's a there's a potential turnover. It, you have to go be a playmaker. And so I think a lot of those guys see themselves sort of independently of structure. And you know they want the ball. I get it. Stephon <laughs> Diggs now wants the ball. Sure, of course. Um, Jerry Rice, I think, has to be on the list. Yes. That's kind well, of... You know, Jerry, what's amazing about Jerry Rice, and again, that's kind of in my wheelhouse. J-Mac would hate me talking about this, <laughs> although he was 80s, is that he, he he wasn't a burner. Like, if you looked at his 40 time, it wasn't 4-3. Yet I never saw anybody catch him from behind. He was the first guy I noticed that in his routes, he ran the exact same speed into his route, during his route, and out of his route. He never changed speeds. He didn't break. He didn't stutter step. He didn't set up the route. He ran fast. Start, break, route, catch, go. And it was and it's it's one of the first and he was also long, so he was a long strider. So he almost looked like a track guy when he got the ball in his hands. But it, it is amazing. You go back and look at all the combine numbers. He was fast, but he wasn't like Dion speed. And if, if I said to you yeah, the greatest receiver of all time. You first thing you would think of is, oh, he must be just a bur- Antonio Brown's a burner, right? And it, it and he wasn't T.O.'s size. He wasn't Antonio Brown fast. He was just just the perfect route runner. I would almost call him elegant. The game was smooth and elegant from the first. And he came from a small. I never saw him play a single college game. He played in a small college, goes into high profile, and just got. He just and he lasted forever. It felt like. The Lions are one of the hotter teams heading into this season, but their defense will need to step up after finishing with the NFL's worst total defense last season. One of the keys will be the growth of last year's second overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, who finished with nine and a half sacks and three picks. Dan Campbell believes he will be even better in 2023. I feel like he's he's got more in his toolbox. and And he was already a confident player, but you can just see he is... You know, he, he he has a ton of confidence, and you see these tools coming out that, that uh, have elevated his game, you know. So, you know, he's got a counter move, he's got a spin, he's got a bull, just he's violent shed in the run game, he sets an edge, he's a big man, he's got a high motor, um, he just, he, he's taking it up a notch. That's what you want to see. I like Dan Campbell. I may have my questions about it, but I like Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell and Mike Tomlin, if you could pick two coaches to have a beer with and just say, can we just talk football for a half hour? I mean, it'd be hard. It's, it's, I've had beers with Peyton. Some of these guys have so many stories. It's 
Peyton's the great storyteller. Um, Pete Carroll would literally talk so fast you, you couldn't understand him. He's going a thousand miles an hour. And then Tomlin and Campbell would just be a presence. I, I feel like Dan Campbell and Mike Tomlin have a presence. Mike Vrabel's got a little bit of it. Like they're like the stepdad you don't want to see in a bad mood. Like just you just going to make sure that they're in a good mood all the time. <laughs> We'll wrap up with this. Phil Mickelson has been known to be heavily involved in sports gambling, but we're getting a little more detailed look after excerpts from a professional gambler, Billy Walter's book, were reported yesterday saying Mickelson has bet more than $1 billion on football, basketball, and baseball over the past three decades, even alleging and attempting even allegedly attempting to place a $400,000 wager on Team USA in the 2012 Ryder Cup, which Mickelson was participating in. Walters added that from 2010 to 2014, Mickelson made 858 bets of $220,000 and 1,115 bets of $110,000, estimating that Mickelson endured losses of about $100 million. Okay, so here's my takeaway. He wagered over a billion, but only lost a hundred million. Yeah, that's like that's not. He's actually really good. Is he actually the world's best better? So, so yeah, like he's the world's best better. So here, take the Ryder Cup bets out because that feels inappropriate, right? Sure. Take that out. This guy was making thirty to fifty million a year. What do I care if he bets a hundred grand? What What do I care on football games? It means nothing to me. Now, 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 the Ryder. Now, now. It's fascinating. The book's going to be fascinating. I can't re- wait to read it. And and if I, I read the Alan Shipnuck book on Phil. He's just um, a lot. Like, Phil's a lot to unpack. He, I would say he's a consumer food, alcohol, wine, gambling. It's his personality. He's a, he's a big swing guy. And I think my, my takeaway, take the Ryder Cup bet out, and you say he's wagered over a billion dollars. Okay, it's, it's a lot. But he's not broke. He's right. Like, and the other thing is, his income. I don't think the fans understand this. His income is like, like, like Leonardo DiCaprio or like one of these guys that makes you know forty million a year every year. So a hundred thousand dollar bets, if you're decent at it. I know I should be just furious. And my <laughs> takeaway is. I'm not. I'm. I'm kind of surprised at the Ryder Cup stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. But, that's obviously going to be in a completely different category right. of. But the Alan Shipnuck book called Phil is is it's short and fascinating and well researched. And I told Alan when I read the book, I know I I saw a lot of warts. <laughs> I don't know if I like Phil less. I almost like him more. He's just so authentic and so all in. So he's flawed. I, it's very weird with Phil Mickel. He's the only guy I've never interviewed in this business that I want to interview. And i he's just a huge personality. But like John Daly's life went off the rails. Phil's just big at everything. Betting, food, drink, personality, jokes, live. He's just a huge, enormous personality. So I think outside of the Ryder Cup thing, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm not shocked by that. Am I wrong on that? No, I think it's sort of what we've come to know Phil as, which is sort of this relatable everyman. With a lot like of bank. Tiger was just this completely different. Tiger had was secrets. A one of a kind. Yeah. Tiger had secrets. Phil's like, yeah, I can see him betting a billion dollars. Like, I'm not surprised at all. The Ryder Cup thing feels wrong. But that's... it's Remember, 
golf's not a league. The golf's not an NBA player betting on the NBA. PGA is a charity. So it's you say to yourself, I can't believe he would bet on it. PGA Tours, a charity. It's not a league. It's not NASCAR. It's not NFL, NBA, MLS, Major League Baseball. It has a commissioner, but it was a charity. That's what the, the PGA doesn't even run the Masters, the British Open, the U.S. Open, and then run it. There's two PGAs. There's PGA of America. There's the PGA that runs the PGA Championship. So I, I, I don't know how it lands for me, but it lands predictably for me. I can't wait to read the book. But I'm like, yeah, that's what Phil would do. A billion, a billion dollars. Uh, Ryan with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Line News. Show sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy can bring out a whole new you. BetterHelp makes it easy. First month, 10% off. Online therapy. Private B-E-T-T-E-R. H-E-L-P.com slash herd, betterhelp.com slash herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. You may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 82-game preseason is in the books. It's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds, boosts, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD. New customers bet five and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. 200. That's code HERD only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. 
This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Yeah, I was saying Phil Mickelson reportedly, there's a new book out uh, on Billy Walters. Um, Arbogantayan is part of this book. He's a friend of the show, real smart guy. Did 60 Minutes, a bunch of stuff, worked at The Athletic, great reporter. And um, and I'm not surprised Phil bet over a billion dollars. Um, I'm not in any way saying he should be betting the Ryder Cup, but it's not the Masters. The Ryder Cup is not the U.S. Open. It's not the British Open. It's the Ryder Cup. And um, it's different. I also think that some athletes are a gift. Tiger Woods gave me 12 years of getting me to a TV set. The Sopranos... And Tiger Woods were about the only thing outside of the NFL to get me to a television on Sunday nights. Like, that's the power of Tiger. Tiger gave me so many great late Sunday afternoons watching Tiger win tournaments. Tiger has flaws. What a gift he's been in my viewing life as a consumer. Phil Mickelson, this will be the second or third book I've read on him. Fascinating character. Not perfect. Um had the courage to go out years ago and criticize the tour for not taking care of its best golfers. Um, the guy gambles a lot, and he made enormous amounts of money and r- continues to do that. There's only two or three golfers on the planet. When they're playing and winning a major, I am glued to a TV. Uh, Brooks Kepka. Rory McIlroy, who hasn't won as much as many of us thought he would, Phil Mickelson. I would say Tiger, but I think we're out of that space. Phil Mickelson, I like Dustin Johnson a lot. Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka. So, I mean, I, we can sit here and bang on Phil. I cannot wait to read the book, but Phil is a bigger-than-life consumer and character, and he is fascinating. And guess what? Truth is, most of the fascinating guys got a lot of baggage. We'll see you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.